This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Welcome to Disruptive CEO Nation, where company founders, entrepreneurs, and cutting-edge thinkers drop in from around the globe to share startup stories, insider insights, and hard-earned success lessons. Now, here's your host, a woman who mastered business by placing heels on the ground all over the world, having worked with and coached CEOs and senior leaders from over 90 countries, and who wants you to build your best business future, Allison K. Summers. It's an absolutely beautiful day where we're sitting today, and I've got a fantastic guest who is going to talk about technology and what I just love, and I could give you all of his great credentials, and we'll let them come out during the interview, but he's calling bullshit on technology and really helping businesses and companies survive the future by understanding digital. And he has built this incredible community with his team. I know there's a big team behind you, entertaining over 1.7 million people in 100 countries, all having these thoughtful conversations about digital in the world today. So it is my joy and pleasure to introduce Benjamin to you. So Benjamin, tell everybody what it is that you do. Thank you, Alison. What a nice intro. I mean, you almost did a per- perfect job in pitching what we're doing. So Take me <laughs> I, with I you next time you. you're pitching investors. You. I'll just give <laughs> yes. you the hype. <laughs> perfect. Sounds great. So what we are doing is pretty much, it was a frustration project that nobody actually was helping people with the basics. Everybody was just uh, speaking about high-level BS and whatever. Um, And all this uh, marketing talk annoyed me so much. And I created just a platform to actually share expert knowledge, easy to understand for everybody. And yeah, it grew quite fast in the last few years. As you said, already 1.7 million um, executives trust us for um, actually coming back quite often, <laughs> that's also interesting. But otherwise, we are also in the mission of how can we find solution to help as many people as possible. So from education to economic development programs, um, et cetera. So it's quite a long list, but we are not as big, but we are still trying our best to, to actually help as many people as possible to bridge the gap for the digital divide. And so we do like our audience to know if you happen to be near a computer um, to check out more than digital.info as we have this conversation. I have it up in front of me so I I can see all of these pieces. Um, But just explain in general, if if somebody comes to the website, what is it that they find and, and what might they engage with the most? I hope they engage a lot with the information they need. So the the basic principle is we have now more than 500 organizations, companies, and also very um, high-valued experts that are sharing their knowledge. So it's literally kind of like expert knowledge easily explained. Um, And we literally try to to make it as easy as possible to find for your own stage where you are in, if you're a beginner, intermediate, or already an expert in some topics, to find the right knowledge and also the right content to get you going to do something to understand something but also to actually 
uh, be activated to do something. So we also hope that a lot of people read some uh, some of the articles and they're just going in there and saying, kind of like, oh, that's easy. So we can also start our own journey because I still believe if you know what you're doing and if you have the chance to actually um, run with the stream that you see that digitalization is actually not so hard and that everybody has the ability to start small. Yeah, I, I think technology, when, when I talk to my guests, we, we talk about technology because every company is a technology company today. And it, it's very, very daunting. And, you know, you said this started out of a, a bit of a, a passion or frustration uh, project. And you are a serial entrepreneur. Um, you were one of those, you're one of those people who, if I talk to you, you'll tell me, you know, that you started your first business when you were, you know, just a wee lad when you were <laughs> <laughs> you're really when you were really long young just help our listeners understand a little bit more about your background before jumping into you know such a big project and such a, a big business for people oh sure i mean my story began quite early <laughs> yes you you caught it right i mean with 13 i had my first company back then i was always kind of like just i mean now i'm telling i'm just the annoying person in the room who is always asking the wrong <laughs> annoying questions. person right. in the room <laughs> yeah and that is pretty much what i have been all my life long because i never fitted into any box i just was always challenging the status quo because for me it was always there must be a better solution than we what what we have right now and um, yeah after coming that i also had my fuck ups so there were also startups that i really fucked up hard time so <laughs> there, uh, i i thought kind of like so selling my first company with 18 my my ego was bigger than fitting to through any door or through any hall or whatever so i was really kind of like uh, trapped in this and i failed miserably two startups and then i had my agency and i was uh, publishing quite a lot on digital transformation and change management so that brought me also very near to the consultancy world and uh, i was also doing there some bigger consulting gigs because i was published with roland sullivan that's brought me also another step uh, nearer to the recognition I had back then and I was always just kind of like there and trying to do things differently that's why my, my company group back then was literally just my own trial area for my startups so next to the agency and consultancy back then I had like seven startups in a row so also not all of them survived uh, but that was kind of like my own incubation I had there and I love the, the honesty and I love the honesty in that statement because I don't think anybody can use the word entrepreneur unless they've had, you know, a tick in that failure column. I mean, God bless everybody who, who has magic happen. I, 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 my, my sweet spot is I love talking to company founders because the ones that are honest, you know, you have this, we gave you this real powerful intro with this, you've got a team that has done amazing things, but it's not always, you know, roses on the way there. It's a, it's a tough job and uh, always, I mean, I, I was also stupid in many ways because I always go 150% into the project I have. So I literally put everything I do on the, onto the table to actually do something. So the same was with Modern Digital. Uh, I didn't want to sell it out. So I just did a lot of payment on my own. I really invested everything I had there because I just 
belief or I know, I mean, now I can say no, but back then it was just belief that there can be something better with that space I had back then. And it's still a lot of belief and trust in uh, what is coming. And we are also launching new things in the future. So there's also a lot of trust and belief there, uh, but it can also go wrong. And um, that's kind of like what every entrepreneur needs to know. I mean, I really have a problem with all this Hollywood style entrepreneurship. Uh, the life is so great and so well. You just start your company and you make your millions just because there is an idea. And there is a lot of that around. I mean, entrepreneurship is hard work. It's not like a daily job where you just get your earnings. I mean, literally, I can also speak openly about that. I was also on the street once. I was literally eating for months just spaghetti and nothing else uh, because I couldn't afford more because I was just like, I need to get through that. I need to, to work hard. So it's really um, being entrepreneur is not the nice thing all the time. I mean, it's a lot of failing. It's a lot of trying hard. It's a lot of going the extra mile, if you want to call it like that. It's just a lot of uncertainty where everybody tells you you're stupid. You are a, a, day, a daydreamer or whatever. So a lot of people called me a lot of things in my life. Um, and sometimes you just work to prove them wrong. So that's also one of the realities what we have. And speaking about entrepreneurs, it's just sometimes they tell you it's impossible until somebody comes and says, okay, now it's possible. And that was exactly what Modern Digital did. Nobody said kind of like, oh, this can be one of the biggest, uh, actually we're the biggest digital initiative in Europe. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody was laughing at us when the, the small band came and kind of like, yeah, I do things differently and they were like yeah you're not an entrepreneur you don't even know what you're doing Uh, and I was like well that's my hypothesis so I need to prove it either yes or no and I proved it so that's the problem of being an entrepreneur sometimes in a road because there are business models where you can immediately generate some money but for example, a platform or ecosystems, these are really tricky business models because usually you have so many years of investment and not knowing the outcome until you hit the spots that you can really say, kind of like, okay, now I proved it. Now I can prove them wrong or I was wrong. I mean, it can also be that I'm wrong. So that's one of the trickiest things. I mean, when you're doing consultancy, you can immediately generate some money if you're just selling some hours. Um, but for platforms, it's usually like five years until first revenue hits. And that's also very interesting that a lot of people think kind of like, I just make a platform and that's so great. That's the best business model at the moment. Most of the Fortune 500 companies are on a platform. So I make the next platform. Um, but it's a long way to go and it's a lot of failure rate. I mean, I've just recently read a study which is like 99% of uh, platforms fail. So yes, when people talk to me and uh, call me a dreamer, I need to say yes, they see the statistics, they called out the 99%. So I cannot even blame them for doing that. Uh, But I need to actually prove them wrong that I can be one of the 1%. And yes, I was lucky that actually more than digital got so big. I'm also admitting that. I mean, you just need to find time. Let's talk about that. So I'm talking to you. You're based in Switzerland. So, um, and as you said, you're you're the largest in Europe, but you are you are global. You are international. And so, let's talk about what was your um, marketing and promotional approach to this? Because you know, I can go to the website right now and I can see 
all of these sections and we've got drivers and trends and strategies and departments and industries, but I know you didn't start the platform with like all of those pieces. And I do want to, I do want to pick your brain as a futurist on digital trends, but I, I, I want to pick up first on what you said on this 99% failure rate on platforms. And what do you think was that, that, that secret that helped you be in that 1%? Ah, that's a good question. I asked myself a lot. I also got asked by quite a lot of students uh, lately. So to be honest, I think it's a combination of many things. Maybe it's the quality because back then I just started as a um, pro bono block. So uh-huh. for me, there was no intention to do anything else than just delivering high quality content. That's why we had this uh, no bullshit, no marketing credo, which is literally till now we have this no bullshit, no marketing. Sorry for language, but <laughs> that's how it's called. That's our internal measurement. So is an article kind of like one of these two, then we are not publishing it. So we really took a lot of care to actually get the content, the right content from the right people with the right quality and also improve it to the way that it's easy to read for the people. So that might be one of the ingredients. Uh, my back then co-founder also told me it was me, kind of like the, the young um, the young person going against the stream that people were just attracted that something else is coming. So they wouldn't have bought it from an older person. So that's his saying. So <laughs> I need to borrow his words here. Um, maybe it's also because we didn't really do any marketing, any, we never sold an article, we never sold a backlink, we have no banners, no advertisements, no whatever in there. So it's literally just pure information what we have on the platform. So maybe that's why a lot of people are coming back and also sharing it. Um, so there were many different things, I guess. And yes, it started small. I mean, back then it was like, we have some articles on marketing, some articles on, on business development and business uh, models and strategies. So this was kind of like the first thing. And then it was growing and growing and growing and more and more people wanted different topics. And it was just adding it. And the first uh, version was kind of like really a mess until we <laughs> kind of like just got there and said kind of like, okay, now we have hundreds of articles. How do we categorize them? Because I don't know what to do. And then we really started off in uh, like three or four workshops to actually see how many different topics do you have? How can we cluster it? Um, can we even cluster it for beginners, for intermediates and for experts? So we, we speak with the right persons. And yes, it's just the intermediate step. Actually, we are in a big process of how do we organize information? Because it's, it's really tough to actually organize and combine information. I never thought that this is so tough to actually find the, the blind spots in the whole system. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a long wow. way. I mean, long. Let's switch to, you know, one of your, your big mission points is not having companies being left out. And I, I worry about small businesses and I worry, I, I also work in the nonprofit space. I have years of business background and then I, I switched to nonprofit and I worry about nonprofits being able to keep up with technology. They're going to be squeezed out by for-profit companies. I mean, and I'm not talking about B Corps. B Corps are, are, are wonderful. I know so many great B Corp founders, you know, companies doing social good, but true nonprofits just, they struggle to keep up with technology. So let, let's talk about what, what are some of the innovative digital trends and, and things that make you excited when you look across the landscape, you have all this knowledge, ask access to knowledge, but, but what are some things that, that you think either 
people should keep their eye on in the digital space or be excited about that's coming up in the digital space? There's actually a lot of different trends I want to mention there. I mean, first of all, people get overwhelmed by the technology. They overestimate the, the impact it has on a daily business on the short term, but underestimate what is coming on the long term. So this is really one of the big problems. And I also did some support for NPOs here in Switzerland um, because for them, it's literally they see this huge mountain of whatever digital buzzwords you can have and mm -hmm. you can imagine. And I always say kind of like, keep it simple. I mean, what do you do as a user each and every day so keep your website clean try to actually be on social media authentically and don't overdo it or don't just overmanage it uh, so the, the beauty of npos is really they have a good story to tell so just make this story visible and activate your community so try to think of digital more in a way of how many tools do i need to use for the maximum output. Uh, it's not about the technologies that you're having or the buzzwords you're using. So for most MPOs, AI and whatever, that might be in the background somewhere, but um, it's literally more about how do you attract people? How do you tell your story? Um, what channels can you use to actually get more visibility or to help more people? I mean, MPOs should also do uh, a lot of their processes and operational side on what can you improve and how can you improve things? I mean, for example, more than digital, we are doing also a lot of stuff and I always said, how can we use technology and know-how for the good of everybody? And so I was always looking for solutions that scale and technology is so nice it can help you to scale things which you never thought before are possible. For example, also fundraising. It's scalable through technology. Right now, mm -hmm. most people are walking on the streets and begging there or calling up people. That's not scalable. But you can scale your, your fundraising processes if you use it the right way and if you're doing it with the right channels. And it doesn't cost you much and it's also not a lot of effort. So it's really focusing on what brings you value. And what do you say is the most exciting thing? I mean, I talk to people in AI and natural language understanding, and is there anything coming up that, that you get really excited about? Um, there's a lot of technology coming up I'm excited about. I mean, just technology-wise, quantum computing, a big leap in what we are doing and how we are processing data and how we are finding, for example, molecules for cancer research and whatever. So but that's still some years out. We also have all these AI technologies. We also need to say AI is still kind of like Excel on steroids. So um, <laughs> you cannot really do much more than some regressions and some uh, projections. So we also need to admit that AI is still at the very beginning, what we had like in the 1960s when it was first discovered as an algorithm. <clears throat> so what we are still doing is we are falling for technology. I mean, for example, blockchain. It's nice that you have a distributed ledger, sure, but you can also have like three computers running a um, the simultaneous uh, SQL query and you have kind of like a blockchain. So uh, you always need to be a little bit critical about what is coming up and especially when people are praising too much of the technology because it's actually the combination. So the most exciting thing what comes out is, for example, the possibility for two-sided platforms. So where you bring together kind of like the buyer and the seller mm -hmm. or especially one of the most disruptive business models we have right now, which is due to a lot of different technologies, is digital ecosystems. So this is really what I'm 
kind of like the biggest fan of how can you create a virtual ecosystem that is there for every step of the value chain and it can bring value at every step of the value chain to a customer. That is really the, the most disruptive thing what we have at the moment. I mean, quantum technology is just fueling such a digital ecosystem. Uh, blockchain is just the transportation layers. And so you have just different single points where technology hits in, but for example, platform or digital business models or digital ecosystem, which is kind of like the biggest thing you can imagine right now, uh, they are so complicated. They literally, they use like thousands different technologies which are there, but it's it also tells the story about technology is there to use for a particular use case, but the real disruptive value of technology comes there when you combine it. Yeah. Well, you have all this wonderful wisdom, and I, I want to talk about you as a, as a CEO and the importance of the CEO being out and about in the marketplace, which you clearly do podcast interviews. But um, if I have this correct, you're also an ad advisory board member for the um, upcoming University of Digital Science in Berlin, a member of the Digital Society Initiative of the University of Zurich, a member of the panel of Massachusetts Technology Review, as well as um, you work with the Harvard Business Review. How important is it for a com company founder and a CEO to get outside of their company and do these types of things? Do you think that that this, these types of activities helped accelerate your company growth? Probably, yes. <laughs> so it's, it's, yeah, it's maybe one of the things. I mean, I was always doing a lot of lecturing and keynotes and whatever stuff. Um, it's always good for CEOs to be connected. I would always recommend that the whole seaboard is out there and literally they don't have to be kind of like in the active part, but at least participate in some activities which are in this field because you get to know a lot of new insights and a lot of challenging talks. So that is really what I value the most and what I miss the most with all this Corona, um, to talk with people, to get to know to people with totally different backgrounds. So this is literally one of the things I'm really grateful for because due to my keynote and whatever activities I have, I get to be in so many different places, in so many different areas of expertises and so many different industries. So I can really have a look into every single step of them and just learn from them. So that is really what I learned is a great value adding symbol to also get out of your industry because I was very strong in consulting IT, whatever. So. Uh, uh, within that industry, you meet the same people. It's literally the same bubble what you're in there. But uh, by talking to people or giving advice on, uh, for example, optometricians, <laughs> Um, or on pharma industry, or on on um, uh, how is it called cannabis industry. So, <laughs> so you have totally different insights with totally different solutions to the same problem sometimes, and that is really helpful. That's why I also encourage people to learn a lot, to read a lot. I mean, that's why modern digital is also nice. You can just go there and each and every day you read a different article from a different topic, which brings you maybe not for this specific topic some insights, but the, there is an idea behind it, which is more universal. So the more you read, the more you learn, the easier it gets for you to also come through to your own um, expertise area instead of just using the, the specific industry knowledge. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree with that. I say all the time, you can't get smarter in the four walls of your office. Yes, yes, we have wonderful resources like more than digital, but you you need that 
uh, collaborative thought. You need to take that, what you can do in digital into the, into the human side. Um, so yeah. And and I also talk to people about, I, my, my first book I wrote was called connect to influence. And I talk about networking to fill your skills gap, not networking to find people to have sales or, or like you said that, like, I'm not out here for, for bullshit, but network in a very selfish way to fill your skills gap. And I, I always talk about pursuing like contacts at networking events and on LinkedIn that are, are, I always say, when you walk in a room, look around and before you pick a seat, find the person who looks the least like you and sit next to them because you're going to maybe learn something new or, or find a great new contact that helps you see what you can't see. So I completely buy in. And I, I want to reiterate what you said, because I think it's a really great point that the whole seaboard needs to be out there. I, I think that was a real great, insightful statement. We are coming up on our time. I want to ask you, you were so transparent about this concept of, of failure and, and being this you know 18-year-old rock star when you were your young entrepreneur. Um, how do you be rock star? <laughs> you, you'd be a, yeah, an entrepreneurial rock star. What are you? Would you give advice for a a a, a younger entrepreneur, company founder that that you think would be a wonderful word of wisdom to give to them as they're going through their founder's journey? Just try it. I mean, literally, just try it. That was for me always kind of like I got an opportunity, I tried it, and maybe I failed, maybe it succeeded, maybe it was just nothing, it was neutral. So just try it. I mean, literally, just if you think it's right, then you need to pursue it. And it's it's hard to say, kind of like, don't never give up because you also need to learn the point where to give up because I paid a lot of money because I never gave up. So you need to see kind of like when people are criticizing you, you need to learn and listen to what they are saying. So when they criticize you, um, get the feeling what they are criticizing and not how they're criticizing. So this is also something, if you're just working against the stream, it's sometimes hard to just overlook criticism and say kind of like, yeah, they don't know, I just want to prove them wrong. But sometimes they also give you a hint in the right direction. So that is a learning process I needed to learn on my own uh, kind of like when to listen to people and what to listen to people and when not to listen to people because I mean as I said people told me kind of like I'm not an entrepreneur I'm a hypocrite I'm a daydreamer or whatever so there are a lot of mean things people say to you Um, but there are also some feedbacks they give you kind of like okay this is not working out like that and then you need to know kind of like okay is it something you should value or is it something you should dismiss because I needed to learn that over years and years of having mentors and also having the wrong mentors and also having the wrong people on a team and the right people on a team to kind of like filter out what is valuable information which you should consider and what do you need to ditch in order to protect yourself because that's also going deep into your personality if you're working against the industry so if you're doing just another consultancy business and you're doing everything like the others and just have a different vision mission statement for consulting then I guess you don't get a lot of these feedbacks. But if you're really trying to disrupt an industry or if you're really trying to to 
put yourself in front of a, a whole new challenge, then you get a lot of pushbacks. And you also need to know which game you're playing. So are you in a game that is consistently the same and you're just another player finding maybe a little bit more niche? Or are you trying to actually make the whole industry a new niche and you're just opening up a new frontier of uh, possibilities? And I know most entrepreneurs think kind of like, ah, I have the golden rule of my niche and it's the biggest industry you can have. So yes, it can be, but uh, be also critics, uh, critics about yourself. What do you want to challenge? And uh, then you also find out which information is good for you or not. Thank you so much for sharing that. I like to ask my guests, if we come back and talk to you in the next two or three years, what is it that you hope is the story that you'd be telling us then? What, what's next for you? What's next for more than digital? Uh, by two, three years, I hope to actually change the education game. So that is the next big thing, what I'm trying to do, because hopefully by then we grew a little bit more. Um, and I can literally say that I achieved my big goal of uh, changing the way education works. Thank you for sharing that. If people love this episode and want to find out more, where can they go? Uh, pretty much LinkedIn or More Than Digital or <laughs> all the subsites of More Than Digital. And if you want to know about our mission or statement, the Be The Change statement, you can also go to Be The Change.International. So a lot of stories to find online. <laughs> Thank you for that. So to our listeners, if Benjamin said something that you think somebody in your network needs to hear, please share this episode. Um, and of course, we always appreciate if if you like it, rate us, review us. Um what we want you to know as well is if I have my new book, Building Your Brand, Make Business Happen in a Global Economy. So check that out on Amazon. Benjamin, thank you again for your time. To our audience, always be disruptive and keep your eye on the future. Thank you. Thank you too. Bye. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.